G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A special welcome back to 2020 to Alex Cook. Alex, welcome. Daniel, great to be with you. Hey, Alex, we're just a... You know, just a few days now out from Christmas. Uh, We want to talk about Christmas today and inviting listeners to join in with uh, finance questions on any sort of issue. But you're encouraging listeners this time of year to use this Christmas period to start thinking about 2022. So the idea of planning is clearly in your thoughts here. Yeah, look, it's absolutely. I mean, it's one of those times where we got to kind of get to slow down, maybe not a few days before Christmas, but certainly after Christmas comes and goes, we tend to slow down a bit, spend time with family, spend time, you know, reflecting. Obviously, a lot of people set uh, New Year's goals and make New Year's resolutions, some that come to pass, some that don't. But to me, it's just a great opportunity, um, if you like, to just reset things for the year ahead. Uh, think through what you've been doing, think through what you feel God is leading you to in the new year. So it's just that great time just to really take a step back and plan. I mean, to me, good financial management involves the starting point of doing some planning. Um, so that's that's what I really encourage people at this time of the year, just to sit, you know, take it as an opportunity uh, when you've got a bit of a breather. And uh, you've you've had your Christmas pudding. Time to sit back and reflect and uh, look at how you can be a good steward in 2022. Well, we're late into the thought of, you know, planning and uh, good stewardship for some because, uh, you know, you've got that credit card in your hand. You're going wild okay. with it because you're expecting it's going to be a wonderful time at Christmas. Uh, you've been watching all the advertising, all the junk mail's been arriving in your letterbox. You know you want to spend up big because, hey, it's been a tough year for retail, so surely we should be able to spend up big. But you're concerned, Alex, about the thought of a debt hangover because this is often what accompanies those who are spending up big with the credit card. Yeah, exactly. I call it like kind of like the post-Christmas blues, if you like. You know, it's very easy in uh, the Christmas period to sort of overspend, and credit cards particularly lead to a lot of temptation. I mean, we've got this tap-and-go culture now where it's just so easy to spend money, so easy to rack up credit card debt. Um, And so the real risk is that we overdo it and that we end up paying interest and potentially interest for months and months and months as you repay the debt. The one one thing we always encourage, and listeners of the program will know, I have a strong view that you want to try and avoid credit card debt like the plague, use a a debit card instead, so using actual savings rather than using the bank's money um, because you want to avoid you know, paying interest on credit cards because it's so punitive. It's nearly, you know, 20% interest you're paying. Um, and so one of, one of the uh, opportunities, of course, is just, you know, you, use your savings. Actually, don't, don't overdo it um, and don't, um, you know, believe some of the tricks that they try and get you. You know, there's, you're going to get discounts and you're going to get frequent flyer points and all these kind of things that are really designed to get you to spend more than you otherwise would. Um, and as I say, the big killer with credit cards is the interest. And so if you are using your credit card at this time, just make sure you pay it off in full so you're not unnecessarily paying interest. 
Um, and look, as a New Year's resolution, my view for those listening, <laughs> use it as an opportunity to cut up the credit card and uh, just go to your own savings and be- become a saver rather than a, a spender. The thought that we're Christians, uh, we look for some guidance from biblical foundations in the way we handle money. That's what being a good steward of money is. Uh, So when we're thinking about Christmas and, you know, perhaps we've been spending up big, maybe spending a little more than we thought we might, uh, because all sorts of things can blow out. But as we apply a Christian dimension to our thinking about Christmas, because it comes so closely, close to the new year. Uh, the thought of starting the new year strongly is this something that, as a Christian, you've you know you're trying not to get thing let things get away from you, but you want to uh, have God in the picture. How do you bring your Christian ethic, your Christian understanding into your planning for your finances for a new year, Alex? Yeah, look. So what I say is, you want to involve God in your financial decision making. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we've got to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. So that's Matthew six thirty three. And there's a range of other passages that really imply that everything we have is God's anyway, and that we're called to steward it. So. At this time of year, when we're going into a new year, to me, it's a chance to involve God in your decision-making. So prayerfully consider what your goals are going to be for the next 12 months. Dedicate your finances to God. So hand them over. You know, as Christians, um, the Christian life is a surrendered life, surrendered to God. And so we want to have that as our starting point, I believe, uh, for the year ahead. And what does this involve? I mean, so I, I say to people, when it comes to particularly big decisions, I'm not talking about you know, going buying your morning coffee, but you know maybe you've got big decisions to make, like you're going to move house or you're going to buy a house or you're going to rent somewhere or buy a new car or you're thinking about some of the longer term things. Really seek God. You know the the Bible tells us that God gives us His Holy Spirit as our counselor, as our guide, and we need God's help to make wise decisions. And this is ultimately what it's about. To be a good steward, you need to make wise decisions. And therefore, we need to involve God in the process. So when you're going about planning your finances, you know, pray, pray to God, seek him, spend time with him. You know, I've, I was just on the phone to a client yesterday who said to me that they like to take a, a couple of days each year where they just off literally by themselves and spend time with God. And that's something I'd really encourage people to do because, you know, our God is a personal God who loves spending time with us. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to do things his way. Um, and so this is a great time when you do have a bit of downtime to actually, you know, I hope you're doing it every day anyway, but to re-engage a bit more with God and spend more time and uh, dedicate your finances to him and ask for his wisdom. You know, who should we be generous to in the new year? Who should we be supporting financially? Which ministry should we be giving to? What should we be doing with our own families and teaching them and encouraging them? So seek God about all these things. Um, and uh, that to me will help you make wise financial decisions going forward. No doubt if you were spending time with God, and some people will say, well, you know, having a retreat, what would I talk to God about? Well, obviously uh, finance is one of those issues that uh, would be close to every heart. But if you're talking about finances and even the concept of simplifying your life, because so many things crowd out the important things, uh, there, there are some things you could trim, things you could get rid of, things you could uh, downsize or right-size. Uh, what are your thoughts here about you know how you might start strongly 2022? Absolutely. Well, there's a few things you can do, and I guess you could call it a financial trimming, uh, but also I think it has a lot of practical benefits just in terms of our spiritual life. 
you know, one of the things that we often do these days in our culture is a lot of subscriptions to things, right? You know, you've got Spotify and you've got Foxtel and Amazon and Netflix and all these things you can subscribe to. And look, inherently, there's not necessarily anything wrong with some of them. There's good and, good and bad in some of these things. But the reality is they, they cost us money and month after month they're eating in your cash flow. So to me, this is a chance to, you know, to sort of do a bit of a reset and say, well, hey, do I really need these things? Are they really adding value to my life, particularly your spiritual life? Because a lot of the the things that we get from the world, uh, you know, are polluting us, and we need to actually think: well, should we be actually exposing ourselves to those things in the first place? Now we've got to live in the world, but we don't want to be of of the world, so we've got to be careful what we expose ourselves to. But from a financial perspective, it's a great chance to reflect and go: well, actually, you know what? Is that actually a good use of my money? Is that wise stewardship? Can I cut back on some of those things? so that I can give more, you know, I can spend more money in the right areas rather than spending on, you know, entertainment and things like that, which um, have limited value. To me, the Christian life, particularly when we think about finances, is this idea and the need to glorify God with what we have. You know, Christians are called to use whatever God's given them. And I, I you know, often hear pastors use the three T's, you know, your time, your talent, your treasure. And obviously our ministry is about your treasure. How are you going to use your treasure to glorify God? How are you going to shine the light on Jesus by, by using your money? And of course, we know with what's going on around the world these days, there's a lot of hardship in this country, but in other places especially. And so such an opportunity in the new year to have that eternal focus uh, with our money and to sow into things that are going to last forever. I mean, the thing that I want to see, and I know many Christians listening to this will have a heart for that. We want to see revival in this nation and indeed around the world. But for that to happen, I think that's going to involve Christians having that eternal focus, living generously, being willing to surrender what they have and use it for um, the advance of God's kingdom. So it's a real opportunity at this time of year to have that reset, You know, trim the things you don't need and focus on the things that are going to have lasting value. One of the things you could do, I guess, uh, you could sell off some things that are cluttering up the garage. Is that one way too? You could sort of, you know, make a few dollars on the side and uh, declutter at the same time. Absolutely, Gumtree and <laughs> eBay can be your best friend in January. Uh, help, help pay pay off some of those bills as well that you may have racked up accidentally over Christmas. Yeah. So look, all those things, you know, our society we often hoard things, and the Bible makes a very good distinction between hoarding versus saving. You know, saving is a practical thing that we should all do. Hoarding is something we shouldn't do. So maybe, you know, in your garage you've accumulated these things that you don't need and you can sell those things off and put that money to good use and maybe get rid of your debt, whether it's your home loan or credit card or whatever. Use it as a good chance to, um, to put yourself into a better financial position for the year ahead. Let me get your honest insight here, Alex Cook. A question without notice, uh, putting you right in the middle of something that could be an ethical dilemma. Is re-gifting a Christian thing? Re-gifting? <laughs> if someone gives you a gift and you pass one, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it other yeah. than the way, well, well, the one I had thought of is when people bring a bottle of wine around to your house and you don't drink it and then you take it to someone else's house and, and, have it and give it to them, which I confess I've done, so I'm guilty. But um, <laughs> so, I have, so I have re-gifted. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess um, <laughs> I absolve you well, of that sin. Also, All right. I was going to say then the other question then becomes: of, do, do they know that you've regifted it? Have you told them? <laughs> well, someone's uh, yeah. likely to find out. That's the thing. This is uh, one Absolutely. of the issues. Obviously, you know, some people will say, "Oh, I would never regift. Uh, that wouldn't be honouring the person who gave me that gift." But if that gift was something that was doubling up or uh, was completely 
uh, unnecessary. You know, if you talk, talk about, uh, you know, uh, pairing back things and getting rid of things uh, from your garage and using eBay and Gumtree, uh, sometimes uh, there might be the opportunity to re-gift a, a gift that isn't necessary for you, but then you run the risk of offending a person who might have given that to you in a sense of uh, goodwill and honour. And, uh, you know, so anyway, I thought I'd throw you in the middle of that one, and I'm not sure you gave us an adequate answer except to say that you've confessed that you do this occasionally. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, New Year's resolutions are going to be on people's lips, and uh, everyone wants to start off with a good New Year's resolution, whether it's losing weight or and oftentimes uh, it's our resolutions around money. But uh, a lot of our resolutions fail. Any thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, so look, often the reason they fail is there's a goal in place so that the heart's in the right place. They want to do something. They want to make a particular change. They want to save money. They want to do something. But then there's no plan. There's no strategy to implement it. So the key to getting ahead financially and uh, doing doing well with money is how you behave you behave with money. So there's two parts, if you like. There's the how you think about money and there's how you behave. And you want them both to be aligned. So often many people have the right goals. So, you know, they want to give generously, they want to save, they want to do all these things. But it doesn't translate into good financial practices to actually make it happen. So that's the behaviour side of it. So... Yes, by all means, set New Year's goals and resolutions, um, but then make sure you sit down and have a plan and execute on that plan. That's the key thing. So, you know, using a common one, like, say, saving, for example, to me, uh, the, the thing you need to do to save is put the right structures in place. You know, if you earn your, your money weekly or monthly or fortnightly, however you earn it, make it so that the money automatically, like say 10% of your income, if you like, gets swept out into another account straight after you get paid. So that way you've automated the process and you've, you've kind of got a forced good behaviour, if you like, to force you to save. So things like that. So it's one thing to say you want to save. It's a whole other thing to actually do it. Um, and so and likewise with our giving, you know, put in place things you want to give to. Don't just think, oh, I want to give more this year. Actually, we'll say, well, who are we going to give to? And let's start bumping it up now straight away so that we can uh, get that good practice into place. Because it's all about good behaviour is what will lead to good long-term outcomes. Okay, lots of us will have done our Christmas shopping, but probably there's an awful lot of people listening to our conversation right now, leaving it to the last minute, and money could be an issue. Uh, for some, not even worried about it. Uh, just go and spend up big, it's not even a debt issue. For others, uh, using that credit card, running up the debt, it's a concern. Uh, any last minute smart ways you would encourage listeners to uh, you know, approach their shopping this year? Yeah, look, two, two main things I'd say. Look, you know, thanks to the wonders of technology and the internet, you can go on these lo online these days and actually search out good deals. So I always say to the way to, you know, handle money wisely this time of year is just to have a basic plan, you know, work out who you want to buy for, how much you're going to spend, and then go online and see what you can find. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll buy it online because you may still go to a store to get it just because of timing reasons and all that kind of thing. But online will allow you to search deals and so forth. So you can probably save a lot of money but just by doing that simple practice. Search for what you want before you set foot anywhere near a store. So that's the first thing. The second one is if you've got kids and you know it's school holidays, what a great chance to keep your kids busy by doing really productive things. You know, getting get them using their creative juices. You know, making presents, writing cards, making cards. Um, you know, this whole websites devoted to DIY, and kids will have a great time. Um, 
you know, if it's a rainy day particularly and they can't go out and run around, you know, what an opportunity to use those creative juices, make it fun, uh, and it's a lot cheaper. You'll save a fortune. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, to me it's more meaningful too. I'd r- much rather get a gift from my kid, that, you know, something they've made than something they've just bought from a store. So to me it's a special thing to do as well as uh, very sensible financially as well. Let's talk finance and Christmas dinner just to touch on this because oftentimes there'll be, you know, it's uh, mum and dad or grandma and granddad, they host Christmas each year and they pay for Christmas dinner and all the trimmings and we know that when you've done that, uh, the dollars certainly mount up and not everybody's in a position where they can afford that easily. Are there some things you can do Uh, keeping in mind this heart of generosity that Christians have uh, to be able to make some level of contribution without, uh, you know, without insulting anybody along the way, but uh, just to take the weight of the burden of Christmas off that particular person who's hosting Christmas, what would you encourage Christians to do? Yeah, look, I'd encourage people to just help out and chip in. You know, these days, as you rightly say, it can be quite expensive, these functions, you know, with all the food and, and then drinks and so forth. Why not actually get people to chip in? I would be quite open about asking people, can you help out? Can you contribute in some way, bring things along, etc." But to me, it's just about having a you know a proper plan in place, inviting people to be part of that, um, do a basic budget and, uh, you know, work out who's going who's gonna to bring what. To me... Uh, as Christians, particularly, as you say, we want to be generous and we want to be contributing. We don't want someone to have to bear the financial burden, not to mention uh, the stress of having to go and do it all as well. You know, many, as they say, many hands make light work. And I think from a Christian perspective, it's just the right thing to do to help out others and um, to make it to make it uh, you know, lessen everybody else's burdens that it can be because it's meant to be a fun time of uh you know, celebration of Jesus' birth. We don't want to turn it into something that's a burden for our loved ones. So in some sense, uh, making Christmas about Christ may actually have a voluntary financial contribution you might make when you're attending wherever you are at a family Christmas dinner just to make that uh, that uh, that offer of uh, contributing and uh, there's a certain sense in which you've demonstrated a level of generosity which actually reflects the generosity of God. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to me, as you say, it's about, it's a time to be generous. It's a time for giving. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. And that's something that we want to uh, mirror in our lives to to others, to our kids and so forth. But also I I challenge listeners to to be generous in the right ways. I mean, I think our culture at this time often is very big on presence and so forth. But instead, why not think about giving things that, that last, things that have eternal value? I remember my sister's a missionary and was overseas, but a couple of years ago when she was out here, um, she gave me for Christmas, I think it was a, um, it was like a goat that was donated to, a, you know, it was through a Christian charity and you could buy an animal, you could buy all these different things to help a poor family somewhere else. And to me, that was a great gift because it was a good use of her money and it was helping someone else. Um, and, you know, at my age and stage of life, I'm not particularly fussed about getting presents. So why not do something really useful, something really eternal and something that really lasts and really helps other people? You know, as Christians, we want to do that. We want to live generously and we want to live for others. And uh, that's what God calls us to do. So it's a fantastic opportunity just to think about that a little bit differently uh, and to be generous um, towards those, particularly those in need at this time of the year, you know, 
maybe invite someone along to your house that you know is single and you know they're gonna they don't have their family around particularly with all the border issues and travel issues these days um, you know many people will be spending Christmas alone so it's a great chance to to help others and include them uh, and make them feel special at this time of year Alex this is our last ask Alex for the year special honor to you it's just been fabulous getting these updates each week and uh, oftentimes taking calls from listeners uh, with special questions around money and uh, while not everybody's comfortable talking about money but those who have uh, sought uh, some insight and some advice around Christians and a biblical foundation for how we deal with money uh, your responses have been absolutely amazing and so enlightening in so many ways and uh, our expectation is we'll continue to do these segments next year as we get things underway but Alex Cook, uh, the founder of Wealth With Purpose and there is a way you can connect with Alex, wealthwithpurpose.com find free resources on that website, you can also follow Alex on Facebook and Twitter there is an askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com email too you can have a question and uh, right now we'd probably be looking to next year for those but uh, look forward to getting some more updates, something similar to this next year and we may fine tune things a little but uh, Alex Cook just wonderful and uh, may God's richest blessing be on you and your family as you spend Christmas together this year. Thanks Neil and yeah thanks for the honour to be able to uh, serve with you and partner with you as we uh, help many Australians across this uh, beautiful nation uh, with their finances. It's been a real privilege so I really appreciate you guys having me on each week. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.